0: Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, Adam. Happy New Year. How did your Roosevelt's gifts go over with your loved ones for Christmas?
1: Oh, they all loved them. And now I think I need to get myself a gift because Roosevelt's just dropped a new line of Mandalorian-themed designs, and I desperately need every single
0: one of them. I think you deserve it. You know, new year, new Star Wars shows, new blouses. We've got the Bad Batch, Ahsoka, and the Mandalorian Season 3 coming out. So, of course, Roosevelt's is dropping a bunch of new great stuff.
1: Their latest apparel drop is a six-piece Star Wars collection that just arrived with four new Kunuflex-style button-downs, one new Western-style roper, and a brand-new reversible bomber jacket that will definitely put a Target on your back.
0: Well, I have a Target on my back right now because that's my favorite jacket. I love it. And you can get that jacket at a great discount if you go to roosevelts.com. That's s.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. That's RSVLTS.com with promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off your first purchase. Hello there, and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell.
2: Hey there, I'm Ryan Key. Hey, Ryan and Adam.
0: It's Nick. What's up, buddies? What's up? Oh, geez. Yeah.
2: I was just going to say, when's the last time we did one of these with the original lineup of the band?
0: Mm -hmm. It's been a minute.
2: It's been a while. It is a band, isn't it? I'm sure. For sure. Mike Mike is like Mike... For Green Day, <laughs> yeah. second guitarist for Green Day, he's like in the band now.
0: You know, he's the only drummer amongst us, so he's got to play drums. It's like Pat Smear. <laughs> he's like, you know, yeah, else? he's in the band. Who's the old dude in Pearl Jam who's like a hundred years old that plays keys <laughs> and shit? <laughs> I, I
2: don't know,
0: but yeah, Mike, you're that guy. <laughs> you're definitely that guy. Dude, it's funny. We were uh, talking Mosh Ice the other day, and Sarah even was like, "Are we doing?" So is that going on the band account or yes? <laughs> like just slipped and said it. Success. All right, we're here today to talk about The Bad Batch, season two, episode three, The Solitary Clone. (sighs) What an episode. Hell of an episode. That
2: episode was a vibe. I loved it, dude. Can I just say, no, go ahead, stolen plants. I'll say this when I'm supposed to say it.
0: (laughs) All right, we'll just get right into it. What have you done with those plants? The Bad Batch, season two, episode three, The Solitary Clone, debuted today, January 11th, 2023, on Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus description, clones battle against a separatist holdout. Sure did happen. Supervising director is Brad Rao. I'm assuming he's going to be the supervising director on the whole thing. I believe he has officially taken Filoni's place with this. Written by Amanda Rose Munoz. Uh, she's written, I want to say, two Clone Wars or two Bad Batch episodes and then was a script supervisor on a ton of stuff, like the entire first season bunch of Clone Wars, a bunch of other Star Wars animation. She's been around. Directed by Saul Ruiz, he's been around as well. He's a, a Star Wars animation veteran. 30-minute runtime on this one. Starring, of course, D. Bradley Baker as a million clones. And Matthew Wood returning as the voice of the battle droids. Shelby Young as the PA voice in, I want to say, in the clone facility, right? Yeah, that's the only place I heard that. And she also does the tactical droid voice. Shelby's done a bunch of stuff. She did Leia's voice in... Forgot what, some some other animation thing. Maybe it was a kid's thing. She's done a ton of stuff. She's great. Uh, Nashir Dalal as Vice Admiral Rampart and a stormtrooper. He's done lots of animation and video game voice work. Also, some TV. He was on the Orville for uh, one episode. He was on Hawaii 5.0 several years ago, and then NCIS, which I assume is the connection here with uh, the folks who came from NCIS on this series. Taja Valenza as Governor Tawny Ames. Tons of voice work on her IMDb. She was Vanessa Dosa in Resistance, Shaq T in The Clone Wars, several Star Wars video games going all the way back to 99, actually. I think the, the actual Phantom Menace PlayStation game or something wow. like that she worked on. That's wild.
2: PlayStation Pod Racing.
0: <laughs> Dude, that Pod Racer game is still sick. Anytime I see it in an arcade, I play it.
2: A lot of those old games are amazing. I forget the actual title of which one was like the one on GameCube but it was like dog fighting, like space combat. Yeah. It was Rogue Squadron or one of those. I, I can't remember what it's called. I have to look it up. But the GameCube dog fighting game was probably one of my favorite video games of all time. I don't have a GameCube anymore, but I wore that thing out in the glory days. In the days. That was
0: the 90s. So what do you guys think about this episode overall? First impressions?
2: Man, I, I, okay. I, as, as an outspoken lower tier fan of the prequel films, I'll put it that way. You guys are going to be pleased because I got to say that, like, I got a little goosebumpy, skin tingly when the battle droids rolled out. It was like, <laughs>
0: there you guys are. It's working. There you are. <laughs> it's working.
2: Yeah, podcasting is working. You see, um, I, yeah, I, I loved the Clone Wars ness, the Clone <laughs> Wars ness yeah. of this episode. It was heavy handed. Obviously, Cody huge. We've been waiting for you know two episodes to see Crosshair, so now that's on the map in a big way. And uh, and yeah, I, I I think having the Battle Droids back in 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 the mix for this was was just super cool and unexpected, right? I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting to see that, especially not at that level with the tank, the tanks and you know full on Clone Wars style battling it was awesome.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. I mean, it was it was nostalgic for something that I think is like, I would say, relatively newer to us just because we only really have watched the Clone Wars in the last, I don't know, eight years or so. But uh, it was good to see them clankers and even a tactical droid and some of the ships. It, it, it was cool. And I, I think that overall, just the vibe of it. Leaning's it's it's obviously darker than the Clone Wars, but it's not quite dark like Andor, but it's somewhere in between there. There was one point that was very Clone Warsy with one of the uh battle droids. Yeah. I think yeah. he was talking to like the, the new governor, like the Imperial governor, and that one of the battle droids was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god, that's <laughs> so clone wars.
0: <laughs> and the one when he finds the, the dead clone, he's like, That's gonna be a problem. Yeah. Not for us though. <laughs> Total old school just you know little kid entertainment, but the vibe, mm-hmm. like you're saying the darkness it to me it felt like season seven, Clone Wars, you know yeah, you take the adventurous like battle vibes, like the mission, the tactical you know top tier clone kind of mission from the earlier seasons and mix it with that darkness and it has the score that's reminiscent of that final arc. And, you know, the Bad Batch, the synth stuff.
2: I was going to say that. One one way that it really tied into Season 7 for me was of score in this episode. It had all that rad Blade Runner-esque synth yeah. stuff. You know, just really ominous and dark. It was a vibe. I loved the score for this episode. It's one of my favorite parts about it.
1: Yeah. And the... Uh... I guess it's happening more and more since the ending of season seven with Kiner and there's just like no verbal, anything like no lines, no one is talking and it's just these tones. Like there's really long sequences ever since uh, season seven of Clone Wars because that's how it ended. Right. It was just like Vader and Ahsoka with just a bunch of like tonal things going on. And I feel like they've, this is like maybe the third time that they've done that at this point where it's just the last couple of minutes of the episode or something or two or three minutes of the episode is no one talking just tones and it gets me
0: every time it's so cool
2: and the animation's at
0: a level where they they can emote with the the character's faces and get away with that finally you know
2: one thing i loved uh in this episode small thing but i loved the blocking and lighting of the scenes between rampart and crosshair yeah the light like in their pupils because like the top half of their faces were in shadow the entire Mm -hmm. time so every time it Went back and forth. They had like these little demon lights mm-hmm. in their eyes, you know? And the hazy backlight of Rampart,
0: you know, at the window. It just set the tone. Yeah. It set
2: the tone for for what we need going forward with this show is a, a real legitimate big bad, you know? And I, I think that's what we're getting here. I mean, the straight up just cold-blooded assassination oh. by Crosshair, which we've seen... Before on this show, I I started thinking after I watched it, like, oh, they taken a page out of the Andor book, and I was like, no, actually, we've already seen, we've seen this before on this on this show. But yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal, yeah, dude. dude. Like her death was pretty gnarly. You know, she didn't just like the to the floor. There was like that moment of, mm. of of breath and realization that she had been shot and was going to die. Anytime you get a human killing a human in Star Wars like that, yeah, it's newer. You know, it's a newer experience. There's no, there's no
0: armor to, to mask that, right? It's grown up. One thing that was interesting was the conversation between um, Crosshair and Rampart when Rampart clears him for duty. He talks about having been left on Camino on that landing platform. Yeah, asks Crosshair how long were you there, and he said thirty two rotations, so thirty two <laughs> days. Like we did, we didn't know, you know, this yeah. filled, filled in the blanks for what happened at the end and how long it's been and so on. It didn't even occur to me to think about how long he was there. Yeah. (laughs) That's nuts. There's a lot of discussion about clones questioning Order 66, the stuff we saw in the trailer. A lot of stuff from the trailer, actually, the two trailers in this episode. I feel like these three have the vast majority of that footage covered. You know, there's very little, like, of substance that that we um, haven't covered from those trailers, so there's a lot of surprise left. Yeah, just just Palpatine stuff. Yeah. Uh, Discussions about former Separatist systems wanting to remain independent you know, more, more themes that we started to get to towards the end of Clone Wars, all, you know, all done under the the guise of peace and security. And that's, that's the vibe that's being pushed. Clones are questioning that because it's bullshit and they're realizing it. They're smart. And there's a great quote from Cody, which we'll read later about them thinking for themselves. So the, the way this is setting up the potential like clone uprising or exodus is so exciting to me. I'm so pumped, but let's do a little brief synopsis on the episode. So we open with an Imperial squad on the Separatist planet, Desix. They're attacked by a squad of battle droids. The governor of this planet sees it coming, knows what's up, brings in the battle droids. Uh, Governor Tawny Ames is is the name of the character. She appears, takes uh, the commanding officer hostage. And then back on Coruscant, Crosshair wakes up alone in his quarters, alluding to the title. Goes to the cafeteria, sits down next to a pair of clones. They bail because they don't want to sit by him. For whatever reason, he eats alone like Steven Glansberg. <laughs> Rampart assigns Crosshair to a mission under Cody's command to rescue the hostage, the the officer on Desix, and and get the system in line. You know, and, and he says straight up, like, this is a ruse, basically. You're going to go there under the guise of a, a diplomatic solution, but you're going to do whatever is necessary to get this officer back. So they go to show up there. They're flying in with the shuttle. They're shot down before they can even land. Ship crashes. Battle droids attack few clones die crosshair and cody of course survive so crosshair cody and a few clones infiltrate the city they take out battle tanks several waves of clankers destroyer droids they're both super badass like everything it's like high level stuff and it's so sweet to see them working together like the shot down the barrel the sniper shot yeah awesome they reach the top of a tower where a tactical droid has been commanding the whole battle which crosshair figured they take him out with the sick ricochet shot that Crosshair does with these like mirror pucks that Cody's throwing on the walls up the, the spiral stairs. Did he do that in like the debut episode? I feel like he's done
1: it at least be- once before and I want to say it had to have been before he kind of defected from the Batch, you know? Like I want to say it was like in one of the first episodes.
0: Was it even in
1: the finale of Clone Wars? Could have been that even, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. Like that fin- that basically that arc,
0: the Bad Batch arc in the Clone Wars, that could be it too. I feel like it was one of those like establishing things. Like here's why this person's badass. Here's this one. And they're all just like, just dunking the whole time. Yeah. Governor Tony Ames shows up. Once they get up to the the top of the tower, she's there with the Imperial hostage, with the officer. Cody kind of talks her down, lays down his blaster, offers a peaceful resolution. She lays down hers. And as soon as she releases the officer, the dude turns around. He's like, good job. Executor. Cody hesitates, kind of pushes back. And he's like, no, I promised her uh, a peaceful solution. And he's like, bullshit, shoot her. And in the middle of the conversation, outside of the frame, Crosshair fires. She's dead. Back at the landing platform, another shuttle of stormtroopers, like the, the new TK troopers, arrives. They take hold of the city. Then back on Coruscant, Crosshair again wakes up alone in his quarters, goes to the cafeteria, eats alone. Rampart calls him to his office again. Rampart assigns Crosshair to a different clone commander. Crosshair says, what about Commander Cody? Rampart says, Cody went AWOL. He says, quote, clone loyalty doesn't seem to be as advertised anymore. And there's a vibe there. Crosshair, he's having some kind of feeling. I don't know if it's like questioning reservation, reservations about the thing, about his place in the empire, some disappointment, something. He's feeling something, and he walks away down the hall. Trooper's passing him, and he is, like the title says, the solitary clone.
2: I like that it's sort of misdirected, though. You don't, you don't really know if it's, should I be a part of this, or is he digging in farther? You know, is he hardening more? Is that sort of pensiveness you're talking about, is he like becoming more evil? or Like an extremist? Is he questioning, yes, or is he questioning his place there? And we really don't know which one it is right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he killed Tawny, so that's a step in the right direction as far as him wanting to be with the Empire. But then there's other things too, like he hasn't, We well, we haven't seen him tell Rampart that the Bad Batch is alive, you know? Like, another mm-hmm. clone, uh, Wilco, told him, I think, last week that the Bad Batch was alive. So, I don't know, like, if Crosshair's like withholding some information there, and, like, that's a step in the wrong direction as far as, like, him gaining trust, but I don't know. It's weird. They're keeping him separate in a his own solitary, like, little bunker th- thing there. He also, I guess he, it's easy to stick out because he's wearing different armor and stuff like that, but I don't know. They just seem like they're moving towards this, like, TK, obviously, like, trooper thing. So I want to say the Empire, at some point, I mean, they are just considering him a clone right now, even though he's an elevated clone. I don't feel like they're treating him any better, you know, than
0: any other right. clone at this point. Yeah, if anything, he's he's the outcast for many reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like his path could go many ways he could just go full extremist and I don't think there's anything he could do that would be too extreme for the empire short of like kind of blowing their cover of being a peaceful order oriented kind of government. He could go too far too fast, but maybe that's not even possible. He could also go like the, the mercenary route. Like I'm a soldier. This is what I do pay me. And I, I will, I'll fight kind of thing. He can end up being a bounty hunter or some shit like a villain. I feel like this next
2: assignment, whatever it is, is going to tell us a lot about yeah. where his character is going.
0: CT nine nine zero four is his designation. Have we heard that before? This episode? Do we know any of there? I think so.
1: I think that there is. Yeah, they all they're like one through five or whatever. nine nine
0: zero one two three four five. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I don't know if we've heard it, but maybe we've seen it. I'm not sure. Right. All right. Let's talk about. A few conversations that went down in this episode. It's bookended. Two of the most important ones are between Cody and Crosshair. They're standing at this wall that looks like a memorial wall. It's got text across the whole thing. It's giant. I couldn't read any of it. A lot of it was, it just seemed like gibberish, but it's all in Arabesh. The conversation towards the beginning is where Cody and Crosshair kind of meet again. Cody takes off his helmet. Obviously, he doesn't have the colors, the the yellow and everything that he did during the Clone Wars because the Empire's done away with that. So they're talking, and this is a lot from the trailer. Cody says, word is the rest of Clone Force 99 went rogue after Order 66 came through. Crosshair says, surprised. And Cody says, not really. Your squad was different by design. Regs have gone AWOL too. Cody says, so I've heard, rumors are. And this is where the actual quote comes in from the trailer. Rumors are more and more clones have been questioning the Order. Then they are traitors, like the Jedi. And the pause there, the beat, and then the, the music cue says a lot. You know, you, we hoped, and then we felt in this moment that Cody is feeling some kind of way about it. But he says, Well, good soldiers follow orders. In a very kind of. It's like lighthearted. Lighthearted way, yeah.
1: It wasn't like, because last season when we heard Wrecker say it or like any Clone Wars, it o- always seemed like almost the like chip was making the clone say it against their will. Right. This one was just like, hey, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's
0: what we do. <laughs> that one really set it up. We, we saw that one coming in the trailer, like I said. The follow-up conversation, though, at the end, it's before the last conversation with Rampart, right? When he tells him that Cody went rogue. Cody says to Crosshair tell me something Crosshair this new empire are we making the galaxy better we're soldiers we do what needs to be done Cody says you know what makes us different from battle droids we make our own decisions our own choices and we have to live with them too And then, like Nick saying, the long pause, the stare, the look, the score. No need for dialogue, you know, we're feeling it. And this line here is, it's a callback to something that's been said multiple times in Clone Wars. So finally, we're seeing who they were, like the clones that we came to love in the Clone Wars, kind of coming back to life. And man, I couldn't have been more stoked at the end. The implications. Yeah.
1: And and that that scene too, I don't know if you guys noticed, so the wall was clearly supposed to be like a memorial wall. Mm-hmm. Big clone statues too, right? Yeah, yeah. It was bookended by big clone statues. So that definitely is like a memorial of every mm-hmm. clone, I guess, sort of thing. So that being the backdrop of this conversation was uh, pretty heavy.
2: Weren't those big clone statues there at the end of Clone Wars? Maybe. they They definitely were.
0: It sounds familiar. I don't remember. Oh, uh, when they like they first dropped the imperial banners on them, right?
2: Yeah, and they're chasing. Um, there's some big chase sequence that happens right in that square. Yeah, and there's different. There's... that may have been all the way back in season five, of the wrong Jedi, right? Maybe, mm. but I'm just saying that I'm almost positive that four way clone statue was there yeah, on yeah. Coruscant at that clone headquarters, you know, or that troop barracks, troop headquarters, military headquarters, whatever that yeah. that facility is, because. I, that was one of the most moving moments of the episode to me was the score combined with like the sweeping shot coming in on that location again because I, I instantly was transported back to the moments, my favorite moments of Clone Wars was when it was dark and rainy and right. all hope was lost.
0: <laughs> That's
2: me. Uh, so yeah, I, I loved I loved that and I, and I do. I don't think the memorial wall was there necessarily, but let yeah. have to go back and look, but the statues were there.
0: Amazing setting for that scene. And then the other two conversations that I wanted to discuss real quick, the one between Tawny Ames and the officer. Some of this was in the trailer as well. Tawny says, the diplomatic envoy that you're sending us is anything but peaceful. Dooku was right in the end. He knew the Republic was corrupt, that it would collapse and become something worse. He saw it coming, the Galactic Empire. It's like hard to know how to feel in this because I mean, I guess I felt a little bit different and I, I think a lot of people now, after Tales of the Jedi, seeing Dooku's fall and knowing that his intention originally, like, I, I guess anyone who falls to the dark side was good. Yeah. You know, he saw something corrupt, something wrong. So this, like, ultimately, like, even though it was all a big plot to fuck up everything, Dooku was helping all of these systems do what was ultimately the right thing in trying to remain independent or, or not fall down the dark path that the Republic was going, you know? you could look at it two ways like
1: him wanting to kind of do the right thing and realizing that the council was a bit corrupt and the republic was going in the wrong direction you could look at it two ways i think it's like him becoming a separatist was like a gateway drug to being a sith or yeah. you look at it the other way is palpatine saw that he was doing that and did his whole
2: i'm palpatine i'm going to manipulate this right you know and he would have joined had he survived he would have joined palpatine and, and the empire you know, his yeah. his fall would have been complete because if he ever did sense that as a young man, you know, this is going to be bad. In the end, he would have joined the thing that he warned everyone about.
0: Because it was too late for him, you know, just like you said in, in the conversation with Yattle. The governor and Cody, the kind of hostage standoff situation we talked about at the top of the tower. The empire seeks to establish peace and order through the galaxy, which is what Cody says, right? And Tony comes back with another trailer line,
2: Peace. There was a time I believed in that. So much so, my colleague Mina Bonteri and I put forth a treaty with separatists and Republic senators alike to end the war. Your Supreme Chancellor rejected it. I realized then,
0: peace was never an option. So the reference she's making right here is Season 3... Mina Bonteri is Padme's friend. Ahsoka's in this episode. She goes there with Padme. I don't remember specifically what happens, but it doesn't go well, obviously. Um, it was a peace initiative on Raxus, like the um, the capital of the Separatist Alliance, right? So that's a good throwback. That's a little uh, Den of Antiquities bit. Mm. And Cody comes back and he says, we both lived through one war. Let's not start another. Too many people have died already. We can resolve this without more bloodshed. please. Do this for your people. He's like honestly pleading with her here. Mm -hmm. And that's when the guns come down. But then it all turns regardless and she dies, right? It's a hell of a performance by D. Bradley Baker, of course, and Mm -hmm. and the rest of the folks involved. And it's an emotional moment. Like I, I, this is kind of my favorite moment here, you know, because you can feel the turn. You can feel the gears turning in Cody's head and he knows it's all wrong. And it's like the proof of what he says
1: later on, which we'll get to. It's like him making a decision, basically, instead of following an order, which Crosshair follows an order more like a battle droid, basically.
2: Right. I think in this conversation, when she talks about Dooku being right all along and all that, too, just, I don't know, it really speaks to what what they're doing with reverse engineering these legacy characters, right? I mean, there's no shot that any of this was in George's mind as far as Dooku's backstory. You know, right? That we were going to be talking about him on a separatist holdout in the early days of the Empire, like that. And and I think the attention to to detail and keeping those characters alive and relevant is just so cool. You know, especially for someone like me that that doesn't connect as much emotionally and whatever else with the prequel films themselves, it does mean more because of these shows and, and yeah. these conversations. For for me, whether I want to sit down and watch Attack of the Clones or not it makes Dooku hold a lot more water for me as, as a character and as an integral part of the overall story. It's gotten us where we are here, you know?
0: Yeah, these these animated series are like the emotional glue for the films. It's that thing where we talk about it all the time, and there, there, there was even a Star Wars Explained video recently about, I think the title was You're Missing Out If You Haven't Watched Star Wars Animation. So important to the whole story, and there are so many people, adults, that are like, I don't watch this cartoon, hmm. you know? But it's essential. It's like such essential stuff. And we we just keep getting deeper because of this, these new series. And I'm so stoked that we have it. Zach, the maker in the chat made an interesting point, an interesting observation. He feels like Crosshair actually following the order and delivering the kill shot was to save Cody on some level. Could be. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because if Cody refused, you know, that's a court martial, right?
1: Mm.
0: So could be,
1: we will see. We will see. It's going to go in either direction because, I mean, again, towards the end of this, I guess the next scene when he's uh, crosshairs talking to Rampart, he asks where Cody is as if, like, maybe there's, like, a little twinkle of, like, crosshair at least wanting to talk to Cody, wanting to work with Cody, maybe leaning a little towards how Cody thinks. But at that point, Cody's uh,
0: AWOL. I mean, it could also just be, like, he's giving him another chance. Kind of like what he did with with the Bad Batch in season one, you know, same kind of vibe with, um, Kylo Ren and Rey, mm-hmm. not because he's going to turn back to the light, but saving her. Cause he hopes that she will come to the dark, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, Cody, you're, you're kind of on some shit right now. So let me kill this, this governor and let's talk about how you should, you should fall in line, you know, you should like, we're clones. We should, we should stick together with this empire thing. It's kind of, kind of what I feel. All right. Let's do, I love you. I know. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's.
1: You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those rad, all-over-print
0: button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather.
1: And not just button-downs, but T-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to RSVLTS.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's RSVLTS.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase.
0: I know. All right, let's hear from the patrons, the Jedi Council to your patrons. Nick, what do you have for us? From the Discord, Stacey Leanne, her favorite quote from Commander
1: Cody. Well, you know what makes us different from battle droids? We make our own decisions, our own choices, and we have to live with them too. And then here in the live chat, Zach says his favorite moment was the standoff where Cody talks her down. Definitely a highlight of the uh, episode for me too. And Zach also just says something that we're always, we're all always thinking the episode was visually stunning. Beautiful. How about you, Nick? What was your favorite moment or quote? Uh, The one that I wrote down while I was taking notes, preparing for uh, us recording was Tawny saying Dooku was right in the end. He knew the Republic was corrupt, that it would collapse and become something worse. He saw it coming, the Galactic Empire. That just made me think like kind of what we were talking about. I think that there was something happened, which I guess we don't totally know between Dooku kind of defecting in a way that we could all understand, but then also ultimately turning it to the dark side too. So I really like that. Ryan, how about you?
2: I don't know if I'm going to go with a favorite moment or scene or quote. I'm going to go with the score. Nice. I really, it was immediately, you know, ears pricked up. I, I just love when he does this style. I love when he does this Zimmer style, like neoclassical, electronic. I just, I love it. Yeah. It, it helped bring that darkness that was so heavy handed in this episode. The score was a huge part of that. So
0: I'm going to go with that. My favorite moment is a tie between, like Zach said, Cody talking down Tawny, the, uh, the diplomatic peaceful resolution before the murder, because of the, the hope and anticipation in my mind as I'm watching this, like, please do it, please do it, please, please be good, <laughs> you know? And it happened, and that was so great. But then there's something even more satisfying about Cody coming out and saying it in the final conversation with Crosshair when he says, tell me something this new empire. Are we making the galaxy better? That questioning out loud. And then the score, like we talked about and the looks that they exchange after, I think that puts it over the top for me. So I think that's going to be my favorite moment. And the question that line is, is probably my favorite line, even though it's not a ton of substance, just the way he delivered it, the way D Baker read the line really got me. I thought, I thought it was great. So that's my favorite. Let's see, what do we think, uh, what's coming next week? What do you think? Hmm. Where are we going? Probably back to Sid and a mission or something, and it's going to tie in somewhere, you would assume? I mean,
1: Cody Cody going AWOL might mean he's looking for Rex, so maybe we get Rex
2: finally, we'll see. I wonder if there's something out there that is sort of coveted, wanted by all sides. So you get a mission from Sid, which is also Crosshair's new assignment. Ah. Which brings them all together. I mean, that's kind of vague, but you know, a holocron of some sort or some, something that's out there that is super valuable that the Empire desperately wants to get their hands on. Yeah, something's going to make and that happen. Sid knows about too. Something because obviously, yeah, we have we they they have to face off at some point. It's going to be incredible.
0: <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, I, I don't know specifically next week, but my long-term hope, my hopeful prediction, is that after Cody reunites with Rex, which I feel like is inevitable. Think about a reunion between Cody and Obi Wan and mm. the apology. Yeah, I could go a lot of ways.
2: We get Jat Obi Wan in the Bad mm-hmm. Batch. Okay,
0: dude, love that. <laughs> okay, oh goosebumps. Fingers crossed. All right, let's wrap it up. If you want to follow this podcast on social media, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at ThankTheMakerPod. My stuff is all at AdamTheSkull.
2: Mine is at William Ryan Key. Uh, and I have a couple of little things just to plug to you guys if you're listening. Uh, if you're music fans, number one, my newer project, Jetta, uh, has a new song coming out the day after you're listening to this podcast called Plateau, which you can check out on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. And then also, if you, are, if you happen to be a Yellow Card fan, uh, this year marks the 20th anniversary of our album Ocean Avenue, which was obviously such a game changer for our lives and our career. Uh, so... For many years now, since the band split up in 2017, I've been uh, offering custom handwritten lyric sheets through my web store where you can just pick a song and I write it out for you and sign it or date it or make it out to whoever you want it to. Uh, So I decided for the 20th anniversary to do a limited edition run of Ocean Avenue and Only One, uh, kind of the two most popular songs from the record. They're signed and numbered and they have this really cool little Ocean Avenue 20 embossed stamp at the bottom of each sheet. Uh, so they're limited quantity. I put them up for sale this morning and they're already halfway sold out. So if you want to get one before they're gone, it's williamryankey.com lyrics.
1: All my socials are at Nick Bayside and in a little less than a month, we're going on tour and shows are finally starting to sell out. I know the New York shows are sold out. So get your tickets. I'd love for you to not have to buy tickets on StubHub for above face value. Whack. So listen to your boy and buy tickets
0: now. Listen to your boy, Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more Star Wars content from Thank the Maker, we have Armor Party Podcast hosted by Mike Forster, Hondo Supply. That's everywhere you get podcasts. Princess and Scoundrel, same thing. That's Sarah and Stephen Maciel. That's all Disney and Star Wars Park going. We have Thank the Maker merch. We have a newer-ish shirt, the Daughters of Ferrix and or shirt at ThankTheMakerMerch.com. It's dope. I have one. I wear it. I love it. We also have a new Mosh Isley merch and there is new Mosh Isley news coming soon. We put uh, some stuff out there, more details to come, an official announcement very soon. And finally, if you want to support this podcast, you can, of course, share our posts on social media. You can share screenshots or or clips of this podcast on social media as well. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod where you can get exclusive content. You can watch us record live some merch exclusive merch it's good stuff and uh, more cooler new things are coming soon so everyone thanks for listening patrons thanks for being here with us while we're recording dudes I love you I know, I know. <laughs> love you Adam love you Ryan and until next week may the force be with you